from the Good Shepherd Auditorium in Inwood, New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where we meet musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome multimedia producer and culture and arts professional Osaliki Sepulveda. Osaliki is on a mission to tell stories that instill and uplift Latino pride. In 2018, he founded the Collectives for Arts, Music, and Dance, a nonprofit cultural organization that provides authentic artistic performances and cultural programs that celebrate the humanity of Afro-Dominican and Latino traditions in the United States. Also, he serves as the artistic director for the Dominican Folkloric Squad, a performing arts ensemble that produces folkloric presentations for the stage and community spaces across New York City. We're going to talk to him about both groups and so much more. But first, let me welcome you, Osaliki, to Inwood Artworks Center. It's great seeing you. Thank you, Aaron, for um, bringing me here, inviting me to your show. Um, I'm thrilled well, to have this conversation with you. My pleasure. It's great to touch base with someone who is all about uptown hyperlocal programming. Oh, yes. Um, so I find it very fascinating um, that your focus is on Afro-Dominican culture, being that it makes up a minority of the population of the DR, um, 15 to 25%, depending on which reports you look at these days, who knows. Um, but I think it's wonderful that you uh, bring a voice to a niche audience, um, uh, or and it has a profound influence on the cultural heritage of the country. Uh, so can you share a bit about your process and how you explore the cultural relationships the DR has with its neighboring Caribbean countries and their connection with African and Europe through your work? Okay, let's break down. First, um, I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic, and I came to the United States uh, when I was 16 years of age. Um, back then, I had no idea about what culture was or being a Latino or even being Dominican. In, in, in the Dominican society and in the Dominican Republic back then, we lived in a bubble where we just went to study um, the normal stuff that kids go study in school. If you ask what drums are, um, you would not find anyone who would explain to you what the drums is, what um, the rhythms of palos or gaga was, or where how merengue came about to be our national uh, music. So it's when I came to the United States that I found um, a group, a dance group in an organization in Washington Heights that was providing these kinds of um, services. And that, it, my curiosity back in the Dominican Republic, and uh, it, it's, it's sort of, um, it's, how do I, when I found that here in the United States, in the diaspora, I could find answers to those questions, to me was, was a shock. It's funny you can find it here, but not there. But not there, yes. Why do you think that is? Um, like, what I, like I said, we lived in a bubble, in a yeah. denial of our roots and our ancestry mm -hmm. in the Dominican Republic. And uh, till this day, that's still a little, I don't want to mistake but I a little less than before, but still, still there. So the Dominican um, and the, the the DR, let's say, Dominican Republic, um, the population is close to seventy five percent dark skin, black people, and the rest is mixed, not even white, but it's mixed. 
Spanish, French, and all other ethnic groups that have migrated to the Dominican Republic. So, but hardly kids know these things. And I didn't know that either. It's when I come to the United States, specifically to Washington Heights, that I learned these things. So it, it, really, it really woke me up in, the, in that sense and took me on a path of um, learning my culture, learning my, my music. I have always wanted to be an artist. I started as an actor and a dancer, and then I diverted to other stuff. So, and that's how I, I, I get to where I am today. And, and discover, and I continue to discover way more information. I continuously go to the Dominican Republic to do um, investigations and research about culture, about ancestry, about uh, about our music, and and the origin of it of it all. And I come back always with new information, with new discoveries. So this search, I think, is really important. It's like you kind of get exactly where I'm looking for. It's like it's an origin story of your love for what you do and it has propelled you on is like you had to go outside of your culture to learn about your culture and yes. uh, and then by, by by and with by with that thirst and hunger for knowledge um discovering this culture finding ways to propagate it and get it out there right and yes. and, and to, to the little 15 year old Asaliki who's still in the dr who wants to learn you know what i mean and and bring it forward right yes it's crazy that you have to migrate out of the your native country yeah. to learn about your own country yeah. It's crazy. And uh, it's safe to say from your personal mission to entertain and instill Latino pride, uh, it's informed the mission of the Collective for Arts, Music, and Dance and the programs it offers, right? Yes. And that's, that's how it's, in a way, that's how it's born. It comes from, I, I was part of a beautiful organization in, the, in Washington Heights um, that had these programs. I was a participant and I became a, a staff. Um, to that organization, and once I go independent, I I went to do what I study in college, which was production. So I went to do that, but I had cultivated, incidentally, I had cultivated a group of young um, men and women um, born in the Dominican Republic and also born here, mixed up, who could, who wanted to continue to learn, just like I was. And that's how Collective for Arts, Music, and Dance is born. Out of that, um, that group of over 30 kids who wanted to learn, just like I wanted to learn. Well, Sorry. Uh, it's okay. Uh, so, so the Collective Arts, Music, Dance program actually spans beyond the Afro-Dominican agenda to also include other Latino traditions, right? It does, yes. Yeah, so I'll make sure everyone knows that. Um, and, uh, but... Um, is it is your focus predominantly focused on educating Latino population, or do you want to go beyond it into other cultures as well? It's to educate and inform everyone who is interested in learning, cool. not just Latinos. Awesome. It started that way it, 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 because those kids wanted to learn. Right. But then along the way, I also discovered and learned that other people were interested in learning about um, Afro-Dominicans, Afro-Latinos, and Afro in general. Mm -hmm. So I say, why not? Totally. Absolutely. Well, I think it's great that it's, you're, you're reaching all, all sectors. And um, one of your programs I'd like to highlight in the past was 
uh, Senora Bachata, yes. which you did in 2021. Can you That's talk correct. about the project? Um, that project was also, um, um, I was, um, as someone who, there's a little town, it, uh, that's where it comes from. It's, there's a little town in the Dominican Republic that I spent close to three years living there. It's called Savannah de la Mar. It's in the south, I think in the south part of the country. Um, if you look at it in the map, you don't find it. So I lived next to a bar, and they used to play. That was late 80s, starting the 90s. Bachata was not a, a, a common genre, still, not even in the Dominican Republic. Bachata came about um, from guards who wanted to go to a, um, um, police officers and guards. Every 15 and 30, when they get paid, they will go to these bars and play and, and dance and get with women and all that stuff. That's where bachata comes from. So the major, the, the elite society in the Dominican Republic repudiated that. Mm-hmm. So in the informal uh, musicians, they started playing baladas, boleros, um, Cuban stuff, and also some Puerto Rican stuff. And that whole merge became what is bachata. Bachata was a place, it was not a genre. And people started dancing and, 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 and doing covers of boleros, Cuban boleros. Mm-hmm. And that's how Bachata comes about. So the story of Señora Bachata tells the story of Bachata from, since the 70s until now. But it also tells the story of the owner of the bar that I live next to. So the bar is part of the character. Yes. It's, it's the setting for the whole. That's correct. Whole yes. Yeah. That's where everything happens. So I love it. I love it when real life informs art, right? Yes, totally. And and now it's funny. I can possibly. So first off, is there any plans to bring it back in 2022? Or I'm working. Or? I'm working on on bringing it back now that I'm here. I'm regrouping with my team, mm-hmm. and we plan on on starting rehearsal now in July so that we can get it ready for either September or October. Great. We we looking forward to that. Yes. I'll tell you what, it's funny. You live in Washington Heights and in Inwood. I, I I know a lot of people in this neighborhood. It's really hard to find bachata bands and players. You would think they'd be everywhere. You would think they'd be everywhere. Because you hear it on the radio, right? Yes. You hear it in people. But to actually get them played live, very few I find. Am I very wrong few. in this or not? No, you're not wrong. Very few. Why is this? It's crazy. The majority of artists who are in 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 in, in Washington Heights, they either play uh, typico which is mm-hmm. a, a, a pre to merengue and uh, embaladas, covers, their own songs and stuff, but hardly anyone plays bachata. I know. And that is crazy. I just know, I know one one person and it's a female. I know her too. And she's she, not she's from the, Washington Heights, but she, she's in the Bronx. I know her, yeah. Not even in Washington Heights, but right. she's the only one that I can think of exactly. who is actually continues to do bachata. See that's and that I'm always not bring bring it up because it's the first thing you said it's like you had to leave the DR to learn more about it and then the funny thing is when you're here it's like okay it's like if this is such a big part of your culture where is it where is it I I think that people still see it here just as a genre that they would enjoy yeah from other artists but that they wouldn't do right I'm, I hope I'm not wrong in that yeah. but I have I've, I've I've met artists who have started in bachata but yeah. then they transitioned to balada sure. Sure, and merengue is everywhere. It seems. Merengue, yeah, merengue is everywhere. Yeah. You always find some merengue band in, in somewhere. 
bands. Great wedding bands. Wedding <laughs> yeah. Bands, um, well, I'm excited to hear about Senior Batuta. I think it's one of your best programs uh, that you've done throughout all your work. And you do all great stuff, too. Um, and we're kind of segueing into the other work you do with um, Thank you. the Dominican Folklore Squad. Um, and which you're artist director, as I mentioned. So how does this group differentiate than the collective? It was born out of the collectives. Okay. Because it was born because we needed to define what the collective was going to be and what the folkloric um, squad was going to be. So what we did is so, so that we can serve a more general population, we had to create the folkloric squad and keep it Dominican. Dominican uh, arts, Dominican music, Dominican dances. And the collective serves a much broader... Okay. Um, so the squad's more of a for-us-by-us thing, right? Yes. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, and But even though you're on a podcast, so you're reaching a much larger audience, I'm curious um, because I feel it's really, as you said before earlier, like the collective too, serving, like the stories transcend all um, nationalities and religions and shapes and sizes and age. Um, are there any particular um, important stories that were that? Because I always feel like art is the one that art's the thing that pushes something to come to birth, right? Yes. So I'm just curious if there was any. Um, it's kind of a two part question of the, for the folklore squad. Is there a particular story or series of stories that you felt you needed to tell? Um, and specifically wanted to start targeting um, the Dominican population um, using those stories and the way they're, and which way you wanted to tell them? Um, perhaps the way we started, it's a, it's a good story in a way. Is that, what, is that the question? No, the story is like, what are the particular stories about Dominican heritage or Afro-Dominican heritage okay. that, that's, that said, the collective can't tell it the way we want to tell it, we mm -hmm. wanted to create this Dominican folkloric squad to be the vehicle to be able to tell these stories in a way we want to reach a Dominican audience. Okay, so the um, Dominican folkloric squad works on the specifically music and dances. So it is the collective that deals with what is, what is storytelling in theater, let's say. So it's a, it's a branch of the collective then? It's a branch of the collective. I got it. Yes. Cool. So we work on, uh, for example, I have a precaution team. Mm -hmm. We work on that um, several days a week on music, on getting the, the, the gist, the traditions, the origins right. of the music. We put that together and then we convert it. To the, and then I train the dancers into that. But it's really more how the dance is dance in the original groups the regions of the different regions of the Dominican Republic. Right. And, and we project that here with this group. That's fascinating. I think that's wonderful. That's why I wanted to, you to articulate because I don't think people know that. Like these are the specific groups. These are storytelling, like, like oral history in a way, but yeah. uh, obviously focused on through music and dance to be told. Yes, that's, uh, um, that's why in each um, presentation we have to, we must do an oral presentation of what we are projecting on stage so that people can understand um, the exact nature of the music and the connection between the dancers and the music. Do you have any particular region you're most fond of, where you're from or somewhere else? Like I'm not from there, but I've lived there um, in the past few years where I go back to the artist where I go to yeah. is Villamella. Is, and the, mm, the, I, I believe, in my opinion, it's, it's just my opinion, 
Es, and it's based on my research, well, too. That's the only one that matters right now. Villamella is one of the richest places, culturally speaking, and in terms of history of our um, ancestry, especially our Afro-descendant ancestry that there is in the whole country. There are other places, yes. But Villamella is the hub where any artist, any, 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 any research who wants to learn about it, about um, our culture, Villamella is the place. You heard it here, folks. See, I, I've, thank you for, for saying all that because, and the reason why I kind of did a deep dive in the whole folkloric thing is because I feel like, like part of this podcast is educational in a way. Yeah. I feel like people, um, you know, it's easy to listen to something or see a painting or something like that, but like to hear about people's work or where it comes from is a whole, totally different thing. And you're, what you're doing is, it's, it's specialized and also very universal. And I feel like the more people know about it, it demystifies it and they can can hear like oh my god that's where bachata came from or that's where you know this is where this little place little tiny place in the dr where these these many stories are rooted in there i think that's very helpful and educational informative and then people can experience culture through that yes and that's our intention to bring um we do our studies we do our research we learn about that and then we look for the best way possible to um project it and staying loyal and faithful to um, the roots of of that culture, of that specific um, um, music or dance. Right. So tell me, for the collective and the offshoot of the Folkloric Squad, um, what's next for you guys coming back this year or next year for that matter? What do you plan? Well, this year we are, let's say, let's, let's start with the summer. The summer we are going to, we are planning a series of workshop slash mini concerts in open spaces. We're doing that twice a week, starting in, in actually about two weeks. The last week in, in June would start. Um, and that's going to be completely, um, because it's, it, it is a series that's going to start with music from Villamella. Oh, we, wow. we have other regions that we are also going sure. to cover, but we're going to do, every week we're going to do a region. Okay. And we start with Villamella. Great. Which is... Um, La, lo, los Congos it's called Congos de Villamella and uh, Pri Pri these two particular dances um, dances I would say but it's also music it's not just dance mm-hmm. um, from that are, that are specifically from there so what we are doing with that is teaching um, the audience or informing the audience mm-hmm. about those two particular um, cultural elements of Villamella where it comes from how we came about and what is it doing today? And the importance of those two elements in the country and for the Dominican culture and for the Dominican diaspora as well. And how many of these um, regional concerts, will say, are you doing this summer? I hope I could do as many as 10. Great. Um, where, I hope. Where are they happening? Sorry. Where? Yeah. We do in different spots. Okay. We're still working on the logistics and permits and all that stuff for sure. public spaces. You. So you know yeah. how that works. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, ten, and, and so 10 different regions being highlighted then. Possibly. It could be 10. It could be less. Okay. Less is fine, too. Yeah. No problem with that. So um, that's awesome. And same for the Folkloric Squad? Yes. Perfect. The Folkloric Squad is um, part of what Collective does. Right. They are the they are the ones who assist me in doing research and putting together programming. And we are a group, a, 
they are an amazing team of young um, people who are so invested in, 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 in doing this type of work because they want to learn and also pass it on to other people who also want to become part of it and learn it. So they're, the, they're doing the R&D. They're doing the research and stuff like that. It's going to be part of the oral history that'll go into the presentations. And yes. Like that. Fantastic. Well, I love how you got everything moving and shaking. So where can we send people um, to find out more about these projects when, they, when you do have it all worked out? Um, where can we send them? Um, the best... Um, the best channel is social media, Instagram. Okay. We have an Instagram channel. Um, it's called, I believe, I C4AMD. It's what we stand for in, in the acronyms. So our website is also www.c4amd.org. We have all the programming in there too. We have our bios. We have the services we provide. Um, the Dominican Folklore Squad is also there. Um, we have a calendar of presentations and the services that I also, as mm, the performing group, provides. Mm -hmm. So everything is also in the website. So now the day-to-day -day stuff, Instagram. There you go. So people, to get, get to know them more and what they do, please visit those places for the day-to-day -day Instagram. For the more bigger picture in the calendar, head over to the website, okay? Very yes. good. Well, Osaliki, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Thank you. Thank you for uh, allowing me, um, providing me this um, this venue, this channel, this um, your space to speak about the work that Collective for Arts, Music, and Dancing is doing and the work that my kids are doing. Because without the kids, there's no programming. And they are invested. They are they are they are fighters and because they want this to continue and they want people to know about who they are and where they come from thank you so much for you're this. very welcome and that's why you're here i want people to know about all the great work you and your kids are doing too so hopefully um people can listen and have a little more insight in what you do and they can come go support your work thank you you're very welcome so uh once again folks thanks to osaliki for being here on this artist spotlight edition of inward artworks on air it's where you meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes that make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment right now, please show us some love and rate us and review us positively, we hope, on Apple Podcasts. That really does help. Uh, many thanks to Church of Good Shepherd here for hosting us and to Hidesites.com for uptown promotional support. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Al Fresco, live performances, pop-up galleries, and so much more. Uh, Inwood Artworks On Air is proud to be supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air. Mm -hmm.